So on a, on a personal note, I would like to um, continue to thank everyone. Um, if you are not aware, I, uh, my wife, Alana, gave birth to twin daughters 145 days ago. And so we, um, we got, we are just, you have been unbelievably good to us. We are so grateful for the continued gifts and the continued prayer. Um, so on the, on the left is our son Daniel, he's two, and then on the top, that is Phoebe. Uh, she's still in the NICU, um, but she has been off of the breathing tube for eight days, which is just, which is just a, it's actually longer than that, because Daphne's been home eight days, and she went off the day before Daphne came home, so nine days. Um, and that is just a massive answer to prayer. Um, I would also ask you to keep praying. We have a meeting at Riley with the medical team um, this Thursday, and we will essentially talk about the plan of care, and there are multiple different ways going forward, and there will probably be some difficult conversations that are had in that meeting. And so I would ask that you uh, be praying for for Phoebe and for Alana and I um, this Thursday. Also, the, on the bottom, that is Daphne. Um, she is my favorite daughter who lives at home. Uh, Daphne has been home for eight days. Uh, having two kids is more difficult than having one. Um, and I'm, and then having twins at home will be even even more fun. Uh, but she has been home eight days. It has been a massive blessing. Um, and I was really afraid that, that she, her breathing tube would get pulled out, and it did. And so we put it back in, and she's, she's doing great. Um, she, she sleeps like a champ, and that makes her parents happy. Um, and so on the left, uh, that's Daniel. And Daniel loves the moon. If you... Um, he doesn't do it as much anymore, but when he first figured out what the moon was, his favorite book was Goodnight Moon. And so anytime you say moon, he'd point up and go, moon. Um, and so I forget when it was. It was a week ago, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, there was a full moon. And I got home from church on a Wednesday night, and so we took him outside to look at the moon. And so I expected him to be like, when you say moon, he's overjoyed. And so we went outside, and he was scared to death. The kid has not been in darkness in like five months. I mean, I'm sure he was at some point in time, but he has not been in outside in darkness in five months. And so we finally got him warmed up, and then he was really excited to see the moon. But he was scared because the darkness is unfamiliar, and he's learning to be afraid of the dark. And so it's affected his sleep, unfortunately. And, and I feel like for many of us, I actually looked it up, 11% of adults have a fear of the dark. Because we don't know what is in the dark. There's chaos, it's unfamiliar. And... Conversely, the, in the light, 
whether or not we are safe, there's familiarity. We can see there's warmth and there is this comfort that comes with light. And so today we are going to look at what Jesus had to say about the light in Luke chapter 11 verses uh, 33 through 36. I don't know why I picked that up. I plan to read off of this. So um, in Luke chapter 11, verses 33 through 36, it says, No one lights a lamp and puts it in, in a place where it will be hidden or under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand so that, so that those who see it may come into the light. Your eye is the lamp of the body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body is also full of light. Um, but when they are unhealthy, your body is also full of darkness. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, if the whole body is full of light and no part of it is dark, it will also be just as full of light as when a lamp shines its light on you. So this is, this is part of a, um, a teaching that of Jesus, if you're familiar with, with Matthew, uh, he has the Sermon on the Mount. And this is from the Sermon on the Plain. And more than likely, um, these are very similar teachings, but have, have differences because Jesus was a traveling preacher. And so it's likely that he would have said very similar things, but maybe packaged them differently. Maybe he talks about light in a different place in this sermon. Maybe he highlights something different based on the context. Jesus was a master teacher. And so it was, he would use elements of the people around him to tie those in. And this, this teaching on light, I love it because it is so simple and yet so profound. You don't light a lamp and then cover it up. That completely defeats the point of lighting a lamp, even though we do that in our houses with lampshades. But you don't light a lamp and then cover it up. You light a lamp and then it gives light to the entire house. And so this, this text is actually part of the text before it. Um, I will spare you my rant on title headings, but they are separated by a title heading, but it is one passage. And so people are coming to Jesus, and they're asking for signs, and they're asking for miracles, and hey, Jesus, keep doing these cool things that you did at that town and at that town, and keep, keep putting on a show. And Jesus said, I'm not going to give you a show. I'm simply going to give you the sign of Jonah. God called Jonah to go to the Ninevites and tell them that if you do not turn from your sin that I will wipe you out. And they turned from their sin, and Jonah was despondent because they were about to come and conquer Israel. And so God is a merciful God, and he relented in his judgment because they turned from their sin. And so Jesus said, you will only receive the sign of Jonah, but one who is greater than Jonah is here. And so he is preaching about how God is near to come close to God. And then he comes into this message about light, about how we receive light. We don't cover it up. We let the light shine for everyone to see. We, if you, and then he says, the eye is the lamp of the body. 
If the eye is healthy, and this word healthy has a connotation of generous. And so Matthew actually places this in a, in a passage about worrying, about money, and about clothes, and about the future. Luke does not do that here, but simply if we are generous in allowing the message that Jesus brings to come in, then we will allow light in and we will receive the message. If we are, he says, unhealthy, which means covetous or just cynical, unwilling to receive, then the whole body will be unhealthy. We will not receive the light, and the light will not shine in us. And Jesus says that if we receive the light, it is like a lamp shining on us. And so in this context, Jesus uses this very simple but profound metaphor for how we receive what God has given us. And so I I want to, to take this Look at how we receive what God has given us. And then I want to go look at other places where the Bible talks about Jesus being the light because I believe that that reinforces what this passage is talking about. Uh, So the first thing that we will look at is that Jesus is the light that shines into the darkness. In John chapter 3, verses 19 through 21... Uh, This is immediately following, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Um, God did not come into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. I can never remember 18. Uh, And I feel bad for that because I just quoted 16 and 17, but I can never remember 18. And so we pick up in 19. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of the light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that, so that it may be seen plainly what they have done has been done in the sight of God. And this is, again, a very simple yet powerful teaching. Now, this is John's commentary on Jesus. But Jesus is the light that shines into the darkness. And so we really like how Jesus can shine into places that that he is not known and that Jesus can go into places where he's not invited and bring light What we don't like is when we try to keep parts of ourselves dark and then Jesus shines in there. Because then we are confronted with what we are going to do. Are we going to follow Jesus and give up the things that we are trying to keep hidden? Or are we going to continue to try to shade the light? Essentially try to take, take something and go like this. And not let the light shine into the parts that we want to keep hidden. And it, it, my first reaction usually is, is I don't want to deal with that. And then my second reaction when I hear a teaching is, well, I know somebody who needs to hear that. But followers of Jesus, or even people who are, who are trying to 
see the light should always deal with our own sin first. You cannot shine the light out of darkness. And you cannot create light out of darkness. Darkness is the absence of light. And so in order for us to be able to shine, we first have to to shine the light into places that we may not want to. Now, there are also, I feel like, there are times when we feel like, well, Andrew, you, you don't know what I've done. You don't know the things that I keep hidden. And you're right. I don't. But I would encourage you that God is still able to both shine in you and shine through you. Uh, there, I was at a conference. It's called TCTC. It's the Tennessee Christian Teen Convention. Now, I don't remember how long ago it was because I'm old and it was like seven or eight years ago. And so there was a speaker named Eric Epperson. He's the head of storytelling for Christ and Youth. And so he was speaking on the light. And so he, he, I think this was his Sunday message. He was driving the entire weekend home. And he was talking about how your faults do not disqualify you from showing people Jesus. And so he took a mirror. It was a framed mirror, probably one foot wide by four foot long. And he just sat it down on a stool, took a hammer, and smashed it. Now, I would have thought there were pieces of glass all over the stage, but it stayed together. He must have put some sort of film on it. And then he took it, and he showed, just like that, to a sp- he held it up to a spotlight. And even this broken, fractured mirror shined light to the point where you had to divert your eyes because it was so bright. Our past does not disqualify us from showing Jesus, but if we will allow it, our past will shine the light of Jesus. Jesus can take a broken mirror and use that to show his light. Um, The second thing that we see here is that Jesus is the light that gives life. Um, John chapter 1, verses 9 through 12. The true light that gives light to everyone has come into the world. He was in the world, and through him the world was made through him. The world did not recognize him. He came into that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who belonged in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. I am not a botanist. But I do know that there are multiple ecosystems that rely on the sun to live. In fact, we rely on the sun to live because if you go to places where the sun doesn't shine, it's way too cold. But really, we rely on the sun for our light. And if you do not have light, things do not grow. And if things do not grow, there is not life. And so the the metaphor here is Jesus is our life. Jesus is our life in this life, and Jesus is our only source of life in the next life. And no matter what we try to get to bring us life, the only way that we will find life is by shining the light of Jesus into our life 
Because Jesus is life. And in him, there is life. And, and I love that Jesus is so profound. Because if you are here, and this is the first time you've ever heard something about Jesus, I hope that you will grasp onto this concept that Jesus is life. And if this is your 70th year following Jesus, I hope that we will grasp onto this concept that Jesus is our life, that we need to shine him. We need to be the, have Jesus be the lamp that shines on us. And the third is that Jesus is the light that illuminates. Jesus, um, I'm sorry, I, didn't, I couldn't figure out a way to say Jesus shines on us and then we shine Jesus back. But in Philippians chapter 2, verses 14, because that's very redundant and it bothers me, but I couldn't figure out a better way to say it. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, do everything without grumbling or compl- arguing, which I find to be like maybe the most difficult verse in the Bible for me. Um, <laughs> So that you may become pure and blameless children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. Jesus said, shine your light among men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Simply put, when we receive the light, the light of Jesus fills and we want to be some receive the light and then shine the light. Every every single um, chair has a has a glow in the dark star. And I can't take credit for this one. Christmas suggested it, and then Natter suggested it before I even told him I was planning on doing it. And so, but. In order for this star to glow, you have to put it under a light. And hopefully I left it under a light long enough for this illustration to work. But these stars have to receive the light. And then, once they have received the light, they will shine the light that they have received. But if they go too long without receiving light, they no longer shine. And so there are multiple ways that this metaphor works, but simply put, Jesus is the light that shines. He is the light that gives life, and we, our charge, is to be a glow-in-the-dark star, to receive the light of Jesus and to shine the light of Jesus, so that we, because ultimately, I believe I'm, this is something that has bothered me within my own life. It is not simply enough just to receive life. We need to have a just crippling urgency for people who have not received the light. so that Jesus may shine on them and they too may have life. Let's pray together. God, I 
I thank you that you are good. God, I thank you that you are a God who shines light in the darkness. God, I thank you that you are a God who who, um, gives life. God, I pray that we would be people who shine your light. God, I pray that we would be people who live as examples of you. May we first look at our own life and then may we shine the light that you have given us. It's in Jesus' name I pray.